Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Jovan Lizzo. I'm here with uh, one of my colleagues, somebody who I graduated with at the University of Florida, Dr. Justin Egan. How are you today? Doing great, Jovan. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor and pleasure to be here. Like you said, one of my classmates. Yeah, definitely. Um, You're doing big things, which is one of the reasons why we had to get you on the podcast. So for everybody listening that doesn't know you, can you kind of give like a brief introduction about yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. So as Joven said, my name is uh, Dr. Justin Egan, and I went to University of Florida with Joven, and we graduated a year ago. It's surreal to say that at this point. Very. And I am currently uh, here in Tampa, Florida, at uh, St. Joseph's Hospital Bay Care, where I'm doing a two-year residency, P2Y1 and 2 combined in health system pharmacy administration and leadership, uh, also known as HSPAL for our abbreviation. Yes, definitely. And that's, that's exciting. That's um, one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you in today is to talk about this because we realized we haven't had anybody to kind of talk about admin. And that's something that I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably have a little bit of interest in or might have a rotation in. And we figured who better than Justin to kind of tell us about his experiences right now after you just completed your PGY-1 and now going into your PGY-2. So to kind of start off, um, why did you decide to do a PGY-1 slash PGY-2 in health system administration? Yeah, so that's a very interesting question. I definitely have a long answer for it. Uh, so for a little bit more background, I was with uh, Publix Pharmacy for years uh, beforehand and have nothing but amazing things to say. I enjoyed my time there going to various stores and even uh, hospitals that uh, the pharmacies were located inside. And then uh, second year of pharmacy school came around and I decided to throw my hat in the ringer and apply for the Advent Health Orlando internship. And uh, thankfully was able to get that. And then I ended up meeting through that someone who was instrumental in uh, how I ended up here. Uh, his name's Oscar Santal, and he uh, went through the HSPAL track as well uh, through Evan Health and was kind of from day one, honestly, trying to get me to go in that direction. And to be honest, I said, no, Oscar, I, I don't see myself doing residency. I just don't think it's for me, the clinical aspect. And of course, I think like all of us secretly feel inside, we want to get out of pharmacy school and make money since, you know, yep. we have loans, uh, you know, all the above, but uh, kind of fast forward to uh, fourth year, I ended up having an admin rotation with him, and he had moved to UF Health Leesburg at that point. And he said, uh, my goal is to get you to fall in love with admin and want to do it. And, you know, I went in there with an open mind, and he gave me, you know, just kind of how it's structured now. You have your projects during each rotation and, um, you know, have me sit in an on every meeting as well and uh, just kind of see how I felt about it. And, you know, from the employee engagement piece to project management, et cetera, I just ended up falling in love with admin and uh, he, he got me. So yeah. um, it was a tough decision. Even still, um, I, I was, I had to uh, go ahead and let publics know that I was going to pursue that uh, path. And, you know, they were very understanding and I, you know, very much appreciate them for that. And, I was very late applicants and I didn't decide I wanted to do this till about November. So wow. applications for residency had already opened. So <laughs> yeah, it was a very uh, late bloomer, I guess you could say, but I definitely haven't looked back and the experience has been incredible. Yeah. 
that's that's interesting to hear as far as you didn't kind of come to this conclusion until later in the year, um, probably about a month or two before residency applications were due. So when you were applying for residencies, were you only applying for ones with two-year administration or were you applying to more general ones where you could also get like an admin rotation? Exactly that. I kind of did both. I think I applied to 14 or so total. Um, Probably the majority of them had the one and two combined, but others had um, the second year as an option that you could hopefully early commit and stay on for. And I even did some general PGY1s here and there just to, you know, because I I could apply for, you know, any open spots left. But thankfully, it didn't come to that because, you know, of course, um, as well with the master's degree that you get with the one and two combined, this was the ideal track I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And who do you get your master's with? Uh, It's an amazing cohort. We get it through uh, University of North Carolina, uh, Chapel Hill. And it's, I I honestly can't wait for the fall to come around so I can be with my, you know, my cohort again. We have our little group Mm -hmm. chat, always, you know, staying caught up with each other. Um, And, you know, it's, it's UNC, of course. And then it's us, you know, other health systems like MassGen, Duke, Wake Forest, Cone Health, um, UPenn, just, you know, it's, it's such a amazing thing that we got to be a part of that. And um, I am just super fortunate to be able to, you know, learn the nuances of different health systems, like what is a health system and what are other health systems doing to stay innovative as, you know, healthcare evolves. So it's, it's just, yeah. it's insane to you know, be able to discuss this. And then I'm experiencing this right now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really exciting being around such a diverse group of individuals, a lot of different walks of life, um, mentioning Duke, UPenn, all these different colleges that you're being able to learn from and pick from them. Everybody I've talked to that has gotten like a master's degree in business or an admin has always said the beauty of it is, being surrounded by individuals from different walks of life and being able to pick their brains on things and you guys kind of learning from each other and and incorporating some of the things you might've picked up on from somebody else to incorporate back to the location that you work at. And that's one of the, that's really unique. I didn't realize that there was such a large cohort of individuals that was in that master's program. Cause I heard about it. I knew that that was a thing that they had there, but I didn't realize it was so many different um, universities kind of bunched into one. And then as far as the, program that you're at. I don't know if you said it yet, so I want to make sure we say it. Um, St. Joseph's, right? Yes, yeah. St. Joseph's Hospital in Tampa, a part of the the BayCare health system. And, you know, it's among the biggest in the health system with our main hospital and then our children's hospital as well and our uh, women's hospital across the street. Um, And it's uh, right by the uh, Buck Stadium, so uh, not too far from a football game. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a diehard Michigan fan. So as long as Brady's there, I'm rooting for him. Uh, <laughs> so going through the the admin, I know one of the things when I was thinking about applying for a resident for a PGY1, PGY2 combined health system administration residency was the fact that I would have to do a second year. And I wasn't sold whether or not if I should do it, how different is the second year from the first year? So can you kind of talk about how you came to that conclusion that yes, that you wanted to do that and um, how the second year really differs from the first year or how the first year differs from the second. Yeah, no, uh, I've heard from, you know, as you said, and many other uh, colleagues have said that, you know, they were not uh, sold on doing the second year. And I totally get that. I think the biggest, funny enough, the biggest thing that sold me on doing it um, among the reasons I told you earlier is um 
kind of the mentality that you can do anything for two years. You know, it's yeah. only temporary. And kind of my immediate manager says it best. Uh, it's a short-term pain, long-term gain, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in terms of residency. So yeah. uh, in terms of the difference between the two, your first year is uh, definitely that heavy clinical, you know, uh, piece that you need uh, to be PGY1 trained. Your focus is probably 90% clinical with a good amount of administrative pieces sprinkled in there um, as well as the master's because it's a two-year master's degree so you'll be doing that throughout and you learn a lot of good you know nuances throughout there and then when you're on your uh, management rotation with your uh, HSPAL uh, mentor and coordinator uh, they do a great job of teaching you a lot of you know the basics of admin to kind of allow you to hit the ground running especially when you get to year two. Okay and then how do you, how do you kind of balance doing the master's program along with the residency? Is it dedicated time? Kind of like, you know, how some residency programs have like a project month, for example, or something like that. Is there dedicated time within the program or you're kind of just working it in? Thankfully, our preceptors there are very understanding and, you know, very aware of that, what we do. And we just have to let them know in advance what our class schedules are. And they are incredibly accommodating. So we have would have class at like 12 or one o'clock PM. So we would, you know, get there, you know, six, 7 AM. And then by, you know, six hours or so later, we would go and uh, for the rest of the day and uh, do our classes. And thankfully it didn't, you know, clash too much. And, um, but, you know, you definitely uh, have some more stuff you got to take home with you uh, when it comes to that, um, you know, uh, the master's piece really at any HSPAL from my knowledge is very, it can be very essay heavy at certain times, especially to graduate, you have to do a thesis substitute. So, you know, 50 to 80 page, uh, you know, thesis on uh, whatever big research longitudinal project you're doing. So you, uh, it's like I said, it's a balancing act, but it's absolutely doable. And Mm -hmm. something I actually forgot to mention with the second year, which I, you know, kind of can go without saying, but the second year is strictly administrative and all the rotations you're doing are, you know, kind of what your interests are in, which is great. Um, so we have different experiences, such as our central um, pharmacy, we call it our BISC. And that's where you kind of see a lot of the supply chain that goes into it. That's a big buzzword uh, in pharmacy administration, supply chain management. Um, informatics as well. We see that uh, home care infusion center. That's a exciting opportunity that I want to go and see uh, things like that. So um, it's People tell, say it's it's a harder year, but it's better because you're doing, you know, what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing more of the core things that you're interested in. So it's it's tougher, but you're probably more interested in it. So it makes it a better year for you overall. Exactly. Gotcha. And then what are some of the administrative things that you learned um, this past year that you didn't know or think about as a student? <laughs> Honestly, everything. <laughs> In our management rotation, like I said, we they do a really good job of giving us the basics, and it's it's a lot of information. Especially even getting back into things you, that might haunt you from your law exam, like the difference between class one institutional oh, pharmacy, class two, class three. Uh, <laughs> Having a consultant of record. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So my manager is actually our consultant of records. So, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's got to know that inside and out. Um, so, you know, the likelihood, you know, it's likely once you're done with this, you become a manager. So you'll have to <laughs> know that inside and out. But mm-hmm. then you get into other 
big uh, buzzwords um, like 340B, um, for example, that's, you know, something that you can acquire drugs through at a less expensive price, given that it's, you know, satisfies certain criteria. Number one, being outpatient. Number two, that it's, you know, a part of, uh, you know, what we call dish percentage or disproportionate share hospital. And you have to, that's basically, you know, patients that are under Medicare, Medicaid, you know, in your hospital's vicinity. And you have to meet a certain threshold to qualify. And there's other exceptions for 340B, and I will get into all of it, but that's kind of a big important factor as we're looking to, you know, reach all of our patients and provide those services and, you know, be able to get it at, you know, appropriate uh, pricing given that we qualify for 340B. And another big uh, thing, especially outpatient, um, are the different terms brown bagging and white bagging and even clear bagging. And this just has to do with, you know, how you acquire and dispense the medication in the appropriate setting um, for administration and, um, you know, making sure boxes are checked in terms of uh, coverage outpatient, you know, that prior authorization, make sure, you know, that's in order and everything like that. Because otherwise, you do the patient kind of a disservice if we can't provide that outpatient and we have to admit them when it may not be appropriate. That makes sense. And then one of the things I was wondering, um, based off what you just said, do you get an opportunity to manage people a lot? Because it sounds like you're really learning the intricacies when it comes to workflow operations, the operational side of pharmacy, knowing um, great pricing, whether it's suited 340B for drugs knowing kind of the proper workflow for everybody, but do you also get the opportunity to really manage people? Yes, uh, definitely get our HR uh, management in. And that's something that we get to do also as a part of our longitudinal management, which we have just started um, okay. as we get into our second year. So the entire year we are, you know, positioned at a different part of the hospital and we basically, you know, run it. So uh, my co-admin, Robert, he is the um, kind of the admin uh, person go-to uh, pseudo manager for the outpatient infusion center. So he'll be able oh. to manage, you know, the operations piece there and the team as well, you know, cause you really want to, as you're looking for your job, you know, cause that's the whole point of a residency is to get a job. Yeah. Um, you want to be able to speak on how you've managed a team. So that's the team that he gets to focus on. And as for me, I'm doing um, inventory management. So Incredible skill to have, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to, you know, as I'm learning the ropes here, I realize more and more how much I'm enjoying it, so I'm happy that I ended up with it, and uh, you get to really kind of maintain the relationships that you built with a lot of the team around you from your PGY one year, um, as we have certain shortages that might affect, you know, certain areas like our women's hospital, our children's hospital, mm-hmm. so it's great to maintain the relationships that I've built with them and just kind of you know, remember the knowledge also that they imparted on me when it comes to certain operational things or, um, you know, certain products, you know, knowing your products. So when they come on shortage, you kind of have a game plan of, you know, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, that at the end of the day falls on me. But, you know, I also thankfully have an amazing team around me to be able to mitigate these shortages, you know, in any way necessary. Yeah. And that's the most interesting thing is that now you're making like big boy decisions, right? For everybody. Um, you're kind of calling the shots now. That's one of the things I, I really wanted to ask you is like, what are some of these decisions or choices that has been yours? Like you are completely call, calling the shots and how has that kind of impacted the pharmacy department? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, other than the inventory management, which is a big one, um, you know, determining what we're going to do with when these shortages happen. Like, you know, when it 
we have these meetings every Wednesday with the whole team um, and I'm leading it and I'm the one saying, all right, we're going to, you know, monitor supply on this one. And, you know, based on our utilization, we should be good here or we're going to have to pivot here, utilize alternatives, et cetera. Um, so I'd say for inventory, that's the, a big thing where, where I'm calling the shots and it just feels surreal to say that. And another one um, where we're making the decisions are Robert and I will alternate every couple of weeks or so uh, to be admin on call. So that is one where um, whenever there is an expensive drug, for example, that needs approval by admin, um, that, it, that falls on us. So we will, uh, someone will post on Microsoft Teams and tag myself or Robert and they will, you know, give the whole kind of an S-bar in a way, um, the situation, you know, they'll give the patient's FIN number so we can look up in their chart to determine the appropriateness of, you know, whether or not um, this is first-line therapy. Um, so a big drug that we will see probably eight times out of 10 is IVIG uh, to get that approved. Uh, thankfully, not only on the adult side, on the children's side, we don't need to give approval for that anymore, thankfully. Um, but on the adult side, you know, so we'll see everything from, you know, ITP to GBS, um, had a stiff person syndrome today. Um, very, uh, very interesting. So, um, you know, we got to, you know, look at the latest evidence out there and recommendations and, uh, determine if it's necessary and, you know, if we need to kind of come back with, you know, an alternative recommendation and, uh, given where the patient's at, um, to best optimize their care, then, will do so. But yeah, um, if uh, it ends up being necessary, then we're the ones uh, as admin on call to approve it. And it's just crazy thinking about, you know, probably the amount that I've approved up to this point probably could have paid my student loans off a couple of times. Given <laughs> yeah, those drugs are very expensive. Yeah, exactly. Expensive. Like tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's incredible to think like a year ago, we were like studying for the Naplex and the MPJE. And now <laughs> you're out here telling people whether or not they can, <laughs> they can actually give or use IVIG. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, it, it really is. And I kept saying to you how it feels so surreal that I'm doing this. Like, you know, it's funny because I've always envisioned myself being an administrative role in some aspect, even before I decided, you know, pharmacy is what I wanted to do. But you still feel, I still feel an imposter syndrome. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely real. <laughs> yeah. Something that um, talking to you made me just think about was to some of the people that are listening that are interested in admin, what do you feel are maybe some characteristics or some traits that you think would be good for someone to be in an administrative role? That's a great question. Um, above all else, I would say um, a people person, uh, to, for lack of a better word, you know, you, you have to be able to be good with people, um, you know, because you'll get a lot of, you know, from the team that is relying on you, you have to be able to, you know, handle kind of that quote pressure uh, that comes with that. So that's really where that term leader becomes important. Um, and kind of on the second part to that, um, you know, if you have a passion for operations, for example, and optimizing them to better improve patient care, you know, I would say pharmacy administration is <laughs> absolutely a path you can go um you could of course you know be you know uh, internal med as well and kind of work to be a clinical coordinator that's another great way where um i'd say that is um 
utilize, or even if you if you enjoy med safety as well, there are med safety uh, residencies, PGY PGY one and two now, and you have plenty of opportunities to do that there. Thankfully, kind of being in the position I'm in, I kind of I guess see all of the hats between the clinical coordinator side and the med safety side. Um, and with that, just if you have a passion for leadership, like, you know, beyond being a people person, something that, you know, is very important as a leader is to, you know, always kind of be able to see beyond the horizon and kind of, you know, so being focused on the here and now, but, you know, kind of seeing what's next and for both where healthcare is going and where your health system, your organization is going. And that's where uh, strategic planning um, is very important. And that's something that we actually got to sit in on uh, myself and my co-admin Robert this past year. And it was just, I can't even describe the experience being with the chief pharmacy officer, the director of shared services for pharmacy, um, the director of central operations, our director of St. Joe's, everyone in one room and just them brainstorming just what we can do to, you know, more so put Baycare on the map and just hearing how, how innovative these minds are. I'm just thinking, wow, I hope to get there one day because this is just it was such a surreal experience to be able to go and do that Uh, we did that back in December and then we went back uh, in the springtime to finalize you know this is what we're going to do and these are the action steps we're going to take to get there and we do this every it used to be every five years but now we're doing it every three years um, the strategic planning and I you know I hope to stick around with Baycare to be able to be a part of the next one because it was just yeah honestly an otherworldly experience and I couldn't even believe just the level of critical thinking that went into, you know, the hours that we spent discussing these. Yes. And I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, I think that's a beautiful way to term that, like being forward thinking, kind of predicting or dictating how pharmacy is going to change and how you will slowly adjust your pharmacy to accommodate the change that will happen in the next five, 10, 15 years. And strategic planning is a perfect way to, to explain that. So definitely, um, I completely agree. I, I think strategic planning, um, being a people person, and, and the third one being um, someone who's willing, someone who's willing or really interested in optimization, um, being down with those. Uh, sometimes it can be very mundane tasks, but if that's what gets you going every single day, that could be a, a great characteristic or some great traits that um, would qualify you to do admin or to be, like you said, if you don't want to necessarily maybe do a PGY1 or PGY2 in administration, there's other avenues for you to have an administrative role, whether it be a clinical um, coordinator, maybe through med safety. A lot of times we think there's only one track, but there's a lot of different avenues that we could do to get into a leadership position or to get into some type of administrative role. So I'm kind of glad you you shared that. Uh, that's like a bonus tip for everybody listening <laughs> that we just, we just got from Justin. So I appreciate that. Um, and then my last question for you, and then you're off the hot seat. What would be the ideal position for Justin? What's, what's, what's the dream job? Ooh. I would say, in short, the dream job for me would probably be an executive position, which is kind of, I feel like what we're, doing as we go towards HSPAL. It's kind of, you know, you do your two years and, you know, you can hopefully be a director within the next 10 years after that. But I would say my ideal position would be an executive role in an outpatient setting, um, whether that be in managed care or specialty uh, or something else. I haven't decided, you know, kind of got to see what the opportunities are as they present themselves and, you know, where we're at and, you know, 10 to 15 years uh, from now. But I would say to get started from something I've acknowledged and seen, the first job, I think, coming out of residency, hopefully it be with Baycare, 
or supervisor or management role because I've just seen how important it is to kind of get that framework for really leading all the different aspects of the pharmacy from, you know, the being the consultant of record, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. to operations, initiatives um, such as that, um, and I don't know the one, but it's escaping me. Oh, your project management. I mean, you know, the different projects that you you do that as a resident, yes, but it's definitely different being in the seat of the manager because mm-hmm. you're the one that speaks on it at all of the management meetings, leadership meetings, uh, et cetera. So you just all and the HR piece as well. You really kind of get that added experience uh, over the five-ish years that you're in that role to be able to really hone in on those skills to kind of get you ready for that next step, whether it be a director or if you go somewhere else, or if you want to go into central operations, you're kind of, you really have that great experience from being a manager supervisor for all those reasons. When you talk about strategic planning, I think you just kind of showed that there, the future of pharmacy is definitely a managed care and specialty. So I think it makes perfect sense for you to pursue a career uh, or a position in either one of those fields. That's definitely where pharmacy is heading. And um, you mentioned hearing you you talk about that actually made me want to ask you one more question. Then you'll be off the hot seat. <laughs> it keeps it. coming, right? I just keep adding on. Um, would you ever be an RPD or have you thought about that? Residency Ooh. program director? That's a great question. Um, I would absolutely be open to it. Like, especially, so we just had our um, our director of St. Joe's, Ben. He uh, he became the director a year ago, kind of in the midst of when we were being accredited uh, still. And thankfully, we got the full accreditation. Uh, I think the full amount was eight years. So very happy uh, for Baker there. But um, yeah, seeing how just passionate and excited he is to assume his new role as RPD, um, it really does make me interested. And also just in that aspect of giving back, you know, um, being able to mentor those, um, you know, kind of like I had my mentors throughout, you know, my career thus far. So it would be really cool. I would love to have that opportunity one day if it uh, presented itself to be RPD probably start by being kind of how my immediate managers are now. They're kind of the coordinators, which, you know, they, I don't want to discredit them. They they do so much, you know, behind the scenes work. Um, So I would, you know, start there. And then um, if I become a director, you know, to a certain health system, I would hope they would have HPAL or maybe I could bring it on and, uh, you know, uh, take charge and be RPD. That'll be, that'll be really cool. Yeah, I think so. And you're such a people person too. I think it would be a perfect role for you graduating so not so long ago compared to probably current RPDs, being able to relate more to what students are going through, um, current residents are going through. I think that'd be an awesome experience to have RPD like you. And then you're just a great guy. So (laughs) I think people would love to have you. Yeah. So that's why I was like, hmm, maybe I could plant some seeds in your head if you weren't thinking it. So hopefully, hopefully just like Oscar kind of planted seeds in you, hopefully I can start planting some seeds in you to think about being RPD in the future. It just might work. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So that is it for the questions that I have for you, Justin. Do you have um, any questions for me before I let you go? Um, Not that I can think of. I mean, it was such an honor, like I said, to be, uh, you know, the first um, HSPAL uh, admin resident to kind of give my perspective. You know, I, you know, I've tried and watch as many of your, uh, you know, episodes as I can. It's really cool just seeing everywhere you go to, you know, get different perspectives and the different, you know, venues of pharmacy. So it was an absolute pleasure to be here. And I'm happy we, you know, ran into each other in Orlando and, you know, you yeah. gave me this opportunity. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you, you're, you're willing. And you said, um, you said yes. And, you know, I don't know who listens. I know people listen, but I don't know who listens. So I always appreciate when somebody tells me that they're an active listener. So I appreciate the support. Um, all of us, not just me, Brandon, Jeff, everybody that's part of Capsule RX. We all truly appreciate the support that you've given us and anybody else that's listening. And, um, anything we can ever do to help you, Justin, just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, once this episode's available, I'll, I see it gets posted on LinkedIn. So I'll have to, uh, you know, put a, put it on my page. I haven't posted anything, I think, since I matched for residency. So I'll need to, uh, <laughs> you know, post an update. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Post an update. Let people know how you're doing. So let people know you're still in residency and you're still thriving. So this is how they'll know. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Joven. Thank you.